نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله verily the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him and i bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is a slave servant and his messenger uh <coughs> we'd like to continue in this lecture this evening lecture number 30 by a quick review of the handout which you have in front of you from last the last lecture 29 which we didn't give out at that time this handout was from last lecture inshallah we will just review this uh, these points the last points which we covered and then a brief summary uh, of some of those groups which were mentioned in point uh, number or in the end of the book after point number 105 so let us uh, start with point number 100 the statement of al-imam At-Tahawi rahimahullah in his book Al-Aqidah At-Tahawiyah he says wa nu'minu bi ashraq and we believe in the signs of the hour meaning the hour or the day of judgment min khuruj ad-dajjal and from amongst those signs is the appearance of the dajjal the antichrist ونزول عيسى بن مريم عليه السلام من السماء and the descent of Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam from the heavens also from amongst the major signs of the judgment day and we said that the signs of the judgment day are divided into major and minor signs those which are mentioned here are, the, are of the major signs ونؤمن بطلوع الشمس من مغربها يعني that the sun would rise from the west this is one of the signs of the last day that instead of the sun rising from the east it would rise from its place of setting from the west وخروج دابه الارض من موضعها and that the beast of the earth would come out of its place it would emerge from its place in the earth and this would also be one of the major signs of the approach of the nearness of the day of judgment when we see these signs these are the major signs that the judgment has approached uh, and we only mentioned briefly we didn't discuss any of these signs in detail but we mentioned the proof of this uh, is the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam which has been reported in the Sahih of Imam Muslim and the Sunan of Ibn Majah that 
the hour of judgment would not take place until the people see ten signs. Ten signs. And from amongst those signs, he mentions Ad-Dajjal, the Antichrist, Ad-Daba, the beast that would come from the earth, Tulu'i Shamsi min Maghribiha, the rising of the sun from the west, Wanuzul Isa ibn Maryam, and the descent of Jesus, Isa ibn Maryam, alayhi salam, amongst other signs. And the Shaykh says, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdurrahman al Khumis, Hafidhullah, says that these signs, they are Al-Alamat Al-Kubra. They are the major signs, the major signs of the hour, and they are also minor signs, which have been mentioned in other places in the authentic hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi says in point number 101, وَلَا نُصَدِّقُ كَاهِنًا وَلَا عَرَّافًا And we do not confirm as being true the sayings of the kahin, soothsayers, or those who claim knowledge of the unseen, and the arraf, fortune tellers who base their claims on the movement or the position of the planets or the stars. وَلَا مَنْ يَدَّعِي شَيْئًا يُخَالِفُ الْكِتَابَ وَالسُنَّةَ وَإِجْمَعَ الْأُمَّةِ Nor do we accept or confirm or believe uh, those things which are claimed by anyone who opposes or contradicts the Qur'an Al-Kitab, meaning the Qur'an, Al-Sunnah, the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, and the Ijma' or consensus of the Muslim Ummah. Whoever makes a claim to anything which is in contradiction to the Qur'an, and in contradiction to the Sunnah, or in contradiction to the Ijma' or consensus of the Ummah, we reject whatever they may claim. And we say that no one knows the unseen and no one knows what will happen in the future except that Allah reveals it to a prophet or a messenger otherwise only the knowledge of the unseen is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we mention from Surah Al-Luqman chapter 31 verse 34 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that no soul even knows what it will earn tomorrow and no soul knows even in which land it would die. Inna Allah alimul khabir. Verily Allah is alim, the all-knowing khabir, the all-aware. <coughs> and we also mentioned the saying of the Prophet ﷺ that anyone who goes to a, a, a soothsayer or a fortune teller and believes what they say, then that person فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِمَا أَنزَلَ that person has disbelieved in what has been revealed to the Prophet Muhammad And it is kufr to confirm or to believe in the sayings of the soothsayers, the fortune tellers and other yani such false claims from those who claim to have knowledge of the unseen or knowledge of the future. Then Al-Imam Tahawi says in point number 102, وَنَرَى الْجَمَاعَةَ حَقًّا وَالصَّوَابًا وَالْفُرْقَةَ ضَيْغًا وَعَذَابًا And we hold the view that al-jama'ah, sticking to the jama'ah, sticking to the group. And of course we said on many occasions al-jama'ah, it primarily means first and foremost the first jama'ah, the sahaba, sticking to the way of sahaba. And those who followed their way from amongst the tabi'een and atba'a tabi'een, the imams of the Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah and so on. 
sticking to the jama'ah and not separating into groups and the jama'ah that we are talking about first and foremost is the sahaba as the prophet sallallahu told us that the way that they are upon is the way that we should follow so we hold the view that al-jama'ah or sticking to the jama'ah is the true and right way it is haq and sawab it is the true way and it is the right way while al-furqa separating into sects and groups and parties uh, is deviation and it leads to punishment yani these groups and sects and parties that the people have divided into based on their opinions, their feelings, their desires and their false beliefs these groups are only ways of deviation and they also following those groups and their ideas leads to destruction and punishment in this life and in the next and we mentioned here the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 153 that verily this is my straight way يعني the way the correct way is only one way the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the straight way so you are ordered to follow it and don't follow the ways the various ways other than the main road the straight way any way other than that is deviation and don't follow the other ways for those things will separate you those other ways will separate the Muslims <coughs> from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> and here we mention the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in which he said that his ummah would be divided into 73 sects and all of them would be in the fire except one and when they asked which one he said al-jama'ah so we believe that the way of the jama'ah is the correct way it is the way of truth and right and it is the way that leads to success and salvation and when the Prophet ﷺ was asked about the jama'ah who is the jama'ah he said ma ana alayhi al-yawm ashabi that is it is the way or the road that I am upon today and my companions so this is the correct way the middle path the straight path uh, that Allah has ordained for us and chosen for us and is pleased with as Imam Sahawi says in point number 103 that the deen of Allah in the earth and in the heavens is one there is only one deen of Allah Islam, and it is Al-Islam there is nothing else acceptable to Allah as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that verily the deen with Allah that is accepted by Allah it is Al-Islam this is Surah Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 19 and also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ that I am pleased with Islam as your deen Allah has chosen Islam to be our deen this is mentioned in Surah Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 3 uh, and also we mentioned the saying uh, the saying of Allah in Surah Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 85 whoever seeks other than Islam as a deen then it will never be accepted from him and he will be in the hereafter among the losers and then we mentioned so many ayats which prove that the deen of Allah is one deen it is only Islam and the verses in the Quran which show that the prophets of the previous nations Musa, Isa uh, and so on that all of them 
they were Muslims and their followers were Muslims. Then the saying of Imam Tahawi, rahimahullah, in point number 104, where he describes one of the great descriptions of the Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, and it is a particular characteristic of the Muslim Ummah that it is the middle nation which follows the middle course and doesn't go to any extreme and Imam Tawi says وَهُوَ بَيْنَ الْغُلُوِي وَالتَّقْصِيرِ وَبَيْنَ التَّشْبِيهِ وَتَعْتِيلِ وَبَيْنَ الْجَبْرِ وَالْقَدْرِ وَبَيْنَ الْأَمْنِ وَالْإِيَّاثِ that the correct way, the middle course the way of the Ahl Sunnah wal it is between al-ghulu exceeding the limits and al-taqseer falling short that we don't go to the extreme beyond the bounds of what Allah has legislated nor do we fall short in fulfilling the obligations that Allah has placed upon us and it is also the correct courses in between al-tashbih comparison or making comparisons between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his creatures yani we don't make comparison between the characteristics of Allah and the characteristics of the human beings though the names may be the same Allah sees and human beings see and Allah has power and human beings have power the words, the expressions are the same but the meaning of them yani the, the, actu- the actuality, the reality of it is different the seeing of Allah is not like the seeing of his creatures uh, and so on, the knowledge of Allah and so on so we don't make any comparison between Allah and his creatures we are between a tashbih making comparison and ta'atil which is the other extreme the negation of Allah's names and characteristics those people who didn't want to make a comparison between Allah and his creatures then they negated Allah's characteristics they said Allah doesn't have hands because if Allah has hands then he will, he will be like human beings because human beings have hands so they tried to escape from making comparison and they fell into negation ta'atil so they negated those things which Allah affirmed for himself and which the Prophet ﷺ confirmed for him and we are also between al-jabr the belief that man has no free will that man is forced to do whatever he does that Allah has decreed for him everything and he only comes into this world and enacts that which has been decreed for him without having any ability to do otherwise or to choose what he wants to do this is one extreme, the Jabr or Jabariyah and the opposite extreme is the qadr, Qadariyah those who believe that man has absolute free will that man does whatever he wills without his will being subject to the will of Allah and they even went so far as to say that Allah is not the creator of the actions of the human beings when they commit sins, this is their own creation and Allah doesn't have any control over or any decision in that manner whereas the correct opinion is in between these that the human being does have free will but not absolute free will he has free will and he has power or ability to execute his will and therefore he's responsible for what he does while at the same time his will is subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not outside of the control of Allah yeah, I and mean, whatever Allah wills will be and whatever Allah does not will will never be and no one can do anything except that it is subject to the will of Allah either his universal will or his legal will yeah, I mean, Al-Irada, Al-Qawniya, the universal word of Allah which covers everything and nothing goes outside of it or Al-Irada, Al-Shari'iyya, the legal will of Allah which is those things which Allah loves and He has legislated for us to do the commandments and prohibitions that are found uh, in the Sharia 
And we are also in between the two extremes of Al-Amni, feeling safe from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Al-Iyas, having no hope of the mercy of Allah, yani being in total despair. We are between these two extremes. We don't feel that we are safe, that we have done so good, that our deen is so perfect, that there is no chance that we may be punished. We don't feel safe. We, we fear Allah's punishment, and we hope to escape from it. But we don't go to the extreme as some people did and feel that they are guaranteed paradise and they will not be punished. Nor do we go to the other extreme if we have committed sins and feel hopeless or despair and give up hope of the mercy of Allah. But we do fear the punishment of Allah on one side and we hope for the mercy of Allah on the other side. This is the balance or the middle course of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And some of these things we discussed in detail during the course of the explanation of Al-Aqidah Tahawiyah, especially we discussed uh, At-Tashbih, comparison, uh, and we discussed Ta'atil, negation of the names and characteristics of Allah, and we also discussed uh, in detail in so many places in the book Al-Qadr Al-Qadr, and the correct opinion of the Ahl Sunnah Wal-Jama'ah, which is in between the two extremes of the Jabariyah and the Qadariyah. And then Al-Imam Tahawi closes his essay in point number 105, by saying, فَهَذَا دِينُنَا وَإِعْتِقَادُنَا ظَاهِرًا وَبَاطِنًا That this is our deen, and this is our aqidah. What has been explained in this essay, in brief, is the deen of Allah, and it is the i'tiqad, or the aqidah of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, openly and inwardly. Yeah, I this is what we believe, and we express it outwardly, and we also have the same belief inwardly. We don't say one thing outwardly and then have a different belief, hiding our true belief inwardly. But this is our belief that we express outwardly, and it is that which is in our heart also. وَنَحْنُ بَرَاءٌ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَنْ الَّذِي ذَكَرْنَاهُ وَبَيَّنَّاهُ And we are free of any connection or relation uh, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are free of whoever, anyone who opposes or contradicts that which we have mentioned here and which we have explained in this essay the brief explanation of the Aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah Al-Aqeedah Al-Tahawiyah Then Al-Imam Al-Tahawiyah closes with supplication the dua Nas'alullah Ta'ala and yuthabbitana ala al-Iman and we also ask Allah to make us firm on Iman to give us a sabat firmness, steadfastness on Iman وَيَخْتِمَ لَنَا بِهِ and that he seal our lives يعني, that we die on this iman that we don't deviate as Allah instructed us in the Quran to supplicate رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِدْ قُلُوبَنَا بَعْدَ إِذْ هَدَيْتَنَا يعني, do not make our hearts to deviate after you have guided us but make us firm and let us die uh, on this يعني, iman and also وَيَعْسِمَنَا مِنَ الْأَهْوَاءِ الْمُخْتَلِفَةِ وَالْآرَاءِ الْمُتَفَرِّخَةِ وَالْمَذَاهِبِ الرَّدِيَةِ And finally, Imam Al-Tahawi closes with this supplication asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us and to save us from the various corruptions based on low desires and ideas and opinions which divide the Ummah, those ideas or opinions which separated the Ummah into sects and parties, and also from those uh, groups, those madahib or those schools of thought, which were uh, yani the cause of deviation, yani the false schools of thought 
which were the, or the cause of deviation and separation of the Muslims after the early generations of Sahaba and Tabi'een and those who followed their way. And then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullah mentions from amongst those groups that deviated, that followed their desires, followed their intellect and established their religion based on their opinion such as Mithla Al-Mushabbaha Wal-Mu'atazila Wal-Jahmiyya Wal-Jabariyya Wal-Qadariyya Wa ghayrihim Min al-lazina khalafu as-sunnah wal-jama'ah Wa halafu al-dalala And he mentions here a number of groups from amongst them uh, He mentions the Mushabbaha or Mushabbaha Those who compare, who make tashbih, who compare Allah and the characteristics, the names, and the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his creatures, the Mushabbaha. And he mentions the Mu'atazila, those who deviated from the way of the early scholars, as far as their interpretation of the attributes of Allah are concerned. Yani they reinterpreted, negated, and reinterpreted the attributes of Allah. And we will discuss them yani in brief at the end of this uh, summary. And also the Jahmiyyah, those who negated the attributes of Allah. They negated the names and the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, Not giving them any meaning whatsoever And the Jibariyya Those who believe that man is bound to do what he is destined With no free will of his own The opposite of them, the Qadariyya Those who believe that man is completely free To do whatever he likes And then Imam Al-Tahawi He says وَنَحْنُ مِنْهُمْ بَرَاءٌ And we are free of any responsibility or connection or relation to them وَهُمْ عِنْدَنَا ضُلَّالٌ وَأَرْضِيَاءٌ and we consider them to be astray and to be headed for destruction وَبِاللَّهِ الْعِصْمَةُ وَالتَّوْفِيقُ and with Allah is al-isma يعني the protection and with Allah is al-tawfiq the success in whatever we do we seek Allah's protection and we seek success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, This is the end of the essay of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullah and we have added here at the end of this handout some questions mentioned some of the Ashrat al-Sa'a and we said we mentioned only the, some of the major signs of the approach of the last day which are included in point number 100 the appearance of Dajjal, the descent of Isa uh, the rising of the sun from the west the emergence of the beast from the earth, and so on. And there are also minor signs. What is the ruling concerning soothsayers and fortune tellers? The Islamic Sharia has legislated that to believe in what is said by these soothsayers, or these people who predict the future, or who claim to have knowledge of the unseen, we understand that whoever goes to such people and believes what they said, that this is an act of kufr, it is an act of disbelief. No one should believe what these people say because no one has knowledge of the unseen except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ahl al-Sunnah al-Jama'ah are truly on the middle road explained. And this is based on point number four, the statement of Al-Imam al-Tahawi in point number four, that the Ahl al-Sunnah al-Jama'ah are on the middle road, that the true deen of Allah is the middle course between al-Gulu uh, al-Taqseer, going to the extreme of falling short, and in between, the road in between a tashbih and a ta'atil, making comparison or negation, and in reference to al-qadr al-qadr, the divine decree, we're in between 
the Jabariya and the Qadariya, those who said that the human being has no free will, or those who said that the human being has absolute free will, and between Al-Amni wal Iyasi, those who feel themselves to be completely free and safe from the punishment of Allah, or those who have given up all hope of the mercy of Allah, we are in between all of these, and this is the middle road or the path of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And the last question, what are some of the groups which deviated from the correct path? And here Al-Imam Tahawi mentioned some of them, the Mushabbaha, those who make comparison or Tashbih, the Mu'atazila, the Jahmiya, the Jabariya, Qadariya and others besides them. And inshallah in the next few moments uh, we will discuss briefly some of those groups that Al-Imam Tahawi has mentioned here. And from amongst them, uh, this, these definitions are taken from the Sharh of Lum'at al-Atiqad, the book of Aqidah of Al-Imam uh, Ibn Qadama. In that book, Lum'at al-Atiqad, he also summarized in brief the Aqidah of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah and the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Sali al-Uthaymeen has given a brief explanation of that book and in the end of it Al-Imam ibn Qudama rahimahullah mentions in point number 93 of his book وَكُلُّ مُتَّسِمٍ بِغَيْرِ إِسْلَامِ وَالسُنَّةِ مُبْتَدِعُونَ that everyone who, named, who is named by other than Islam and they, they call themselves by other than the name of Islam Muslims or by the Sunnah Ahl Sunnah then all of these groups who take other names, such as Jahmiya, Mu'atazila, Rafida, Shia, all of these people who name themselves by other than the name of Islam or the Sunnah, then these people are all Mubtadi'ah, they are all Ahl Bid'ah. Here Al-Imam Ibn Qudama mentions, for example, Karrafida, the Shia, Al-Jahmiya, Al-Khawarij, Al-Qadariya, Al-Murji'ah, Al-Mu'atazila, Al-Karramiya, Al-Kallabiya, وَنَظَائِرُهُمْ and those who are similar to them فَهَذِهِ فُرُقَ الضَّلَاءِ these are the, some of the groups who have gone astray وَطَوَائِفْ الْبِدْعَةِ the people of innovation أَعَاذَنَ اللَّهِ مِنْهَا may Allah, we seek refuge in Allah from such groups here Al-Imam or Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen in reference to this point of Al-Imam ibn Qudama rahimahullah the Shaykh says first in his explanation before defining these groups and some of those groups which he mentioned here are the same groups that Imam al-Tahawi mentioned and there are others which Imam al-Tahawi didn't mention inshallah we will give at least a brief definition of each of them first Imam al-Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen Hafizahullah may Allah protect and preserve him said that amongst the sign of the people of innovation is that they describe or they are described by other than the name Islam and by other than the title of a sunnah they are described by those innovations which they innovated in the deen yani they are named by the according to the deviation or the innovation that they invented in Islam those innovations in speech as well as those innovations in actions as well as those innovations in belief yani bid'ah can be in speech as well as in actions, as well as in aqidah. And these groups which are mentioned here are the groups of bid'ah in aqidah. But they also have practices uh, <coughs> and sayings that are also innovated. 
But the most important thing is that the first sign of Ahl Bidah is that they describe themselves with other than the name Islam and as Sunnah. The second thing that they are يعني, uh, fanatical in holding to their beliefs, in holding to their false opinions, and they will not reverse their opinion and go back to the truth if it became clear to them. Yani if they have hold a deviant belief or practice some innovative practice and you make clear to them that what they are believing or what they are doing is wrong they will hold on to it anyway. They will not accept the truth and uh, correct themselves. This is one of the signs of the people of Bid'ah. Whereas the people of Sunnah, if they fall into error whether in belief or in action or saying when the truth is made clear to them, they accept it and they correct themselves and return to the truth. This is a sign of the people of Bid'ah, that they hold on to their false opinions even when the truth becomes clear to them. And the third major sign of the Ahl Bid'ah uh, is that they detest and dislike the Imams of Islam and the Imams of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And that's why they speak harshly against those people who stand up for the Sunnah and who uh, contradict and oppose and show up the innovations of the people of Bid'ah. That's why in the previous generations those people of Bid'ah hated Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah because he was the Imam of his time who fought against all kinds of deviation and innovation and for that reason even until today almost eight or nine hundred years later they are still claiming that he is a kafir, that he is a deviant and saying harsh things against him while his opinions and his positions are clearly based on strong evidences from Quran and Sunnah. In the modern times we find some of them speaking harshly against for example Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin al-Albani due to his firm and stern position against innovation and deviation and so on uh, we find that these people consistently detest and speak harshly against the Imams and the leaders and the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Then the Shaykh says that amongst those deviant groups who strayed from the middle course and who strayed from the Aqeedah and the practice, the Sunnah of the Prophet and his companions, the first of them he mentions is Ar-Rafidiyah. Ar-Rafidiyah, this is the more proper and correct name for what is commonly called today the Shia. The Shia are many groups, but the worst of them and the most deviant of them are the Rafidah. And they are the people that you find today following the opinion and the madhab of their so-called Imam al-Khomeini in Iran today. They are those who went to the extreme, beyond the bounds, they went to the extreme, Al-Ghulu, in reference to the Ahl Bayt, the family of Ali radiallahu anhu and Fatima radiallahu anha. And they declared disbelief of the Sahaba. They said that they all reverted back to disbelief after the death of the Prophet wasallam, except a handful of them. And they also declared many of them to be corrupt and evildoers. These Rasulah, they are many many subgroups from amongst them are those who went to the far extreme of claiming that Ali radiallahu anhu Ali ibn Abi Talib 
that he was a god and there are others who are less than them in their extremism and who didn't go that far the most extreme of them are those who claimed that Ali was God and some of them said that the angel Jibreel made a mistake in delivering the revelation to Muhammad and in fact he was supposed to give the revelation to Ali they first appeared or their innovation first appeared during the Khilafah or the ruling of Ali ibn Abi Talib when Abdullah ibn Sabah the Jew from Yemen who, who, who established this group said to Ali Anta al-ilah you are the God so Ali radiallahu anhu commanded that they should be killed that they should be burned to death and the leader of them Abdullah ibn Sabah escaped to al-madain then the shaykh says their madhab in reference to as-sifat or the characteristics of Allah is not yani, uniform yani, they don't have one madhab but there are some from amongst them who are mushabbaha who make tashbih or comparison between the characteristics of Allah and the characteristics of creatures and from amongst them are the mu'attil those who make ta'atil or negation of the sifat of Allah yani emptying them of their meanings and from amongst them are mu'atadil those who are moderate not going to the, this extreme of comparison nor to negation uh, there are also some amongst them who are moderate then the shaykh says that they are called rafida because they rejected Zaid ibn Ali ibn al-Husayn ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib they rejected him and he was the great grandson of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu uh, they rejected him when they asked him about Abu Bakr and Umar they wanted him to say something evil they wanted him to say something evil against Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhuma but he refused to do so and actually prayed that Allah have mercy on them for this reason they rejected him and they distanced themselves from him and for this reason they are called Rafida, those who rejected or refused yani they rejected uh, the position of Zaid ibn Ali ibn Hussein the son of Ali ibn Abi Talib they called themselves Shia Shia meaning party they called themselves Shia because they claim that they are the party of the Ahl Bayt yani they are those who defended and supported the Ahl Bayt the family of Ali and Fatima so this word Shia they used it in reference to themselves to claim that they are the supporting party of Ali anhu and his family and they also claimed that they are the ones who called for the restoration of the rights of Ali anhu as being the rightful uh, successor of the Prophet that the Khilafah really was his right and it was usurped or stolen from him by Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman so the second group that he mentions is one of the groups mentioned by Imam Tahawi Al-Jahmiya and this name Jahmiya is in reference to the leader or the founder of this group Al-Jahm Ibn Safwan 
who was killed by Salem Ibn Ahwaz in the year 121 of the Hijrah their madhab in reference to as-sifat the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a ta'atil al-nafi negation and in reference to the issue of the characteristics of Allah the sifat of Allah their madhab is ta'atil they are mu'attila those who negate the characteristics of Allah in reference to al-qadr wal-qadha the divine decree their madhab is al-jabr jabriya yani they believe that the human being does not have free will the jahmiyyah in reference to qadr wal-qadha they say the human being does not have free will in reference to the issue of al-iman we said that al-iman according to ahl sunnah wal-jama'ah is speech actions and belief in the heart it includes not only belief in the heart but also speech and it includes actions and it increase and decrease the madhab of the jahmiyyah in reference to iman is that al-iman is speech uh, or not, uh, it is confirmation in the heart yeah, any conviction in the heart that when a person believes in Allah in their heart then this is sufficient they have iman and they are mu'min complete perfect believer just by having conviction in the heart and this is called al-irja' and that group who have such a belief is called the murji'ah the murji'ah inshallah all of this we will try to summarize for you and put in writing but if anyone takes notes now there is no harm in doing so uh, so their aqidah in reference to iman is the aqidah of al-irja' or the murji'ah those who hold that iman is only a conviction in the heart it doesn't require actions they said that speech and actions are not part of iman in reference to the uh, issue of those who commit major sins their madhab in reference to the person who commits a major sin and dies without repenting from it they said that the person who commits a major sin is mu'min kamil al-iman yani that he is a believer whose iman is perfect yani committing sins has no effect on one's iman because actions are not part of iman according to their madhab so the one who commits a major sin to them it doesn't affect his iman at all his iman is perfect uh, so then the shaykh says in summary in reference to these three issues the sifat of Allah qadr and qada and iman he said they are mu'attila those who do ta'atil negate the sifat of Allah they are jabariya those who deny the human being has any free will and they are murji'a those who believe that iman does not include actions that it is only a conviction in the heart and the jahmiyyah he said are many subgroups there are many subgroups but this is a general summary of the jahmiyyah also perhaps you may refer to the handout which we gave for usul sunnah when we did the explanation of usul sunnah by imam ahmed we had uh, a listing of some of the deviant groups and i think most of those groups are mentioned in that handout uh, whoever has it you may refer to it whoever doesn't have it inshallah we'll prepare a new handout with all of these groups mentioned inshallah and it should be prepared yani, by before next week the next group uh, that we want to mention actually Sheikh uh, Muhammad ibn Khalid Uthaymeen uh, doesn't mention them in this order but just for clarification I think it will be easier to take some of the groups which are uh, uh, which he discussed in more detail and from amongst those groups 
and the more common, uh, commonly mentioned groups, and from amongst those groups that was mentioned by Imam Al-Tahawi, is Al-Mu'tazila. Al-Mu'tazila. The Mu'tazila are the followers of Wasil ibn Atah. Wasil ibn Atah. He is the one who separated himself from the study circle of Al-Hasan al-Basri, rahimahullah, the great scholar and imam from amongst the tabi'een, Al-Hasan al-Basri. That man, Wasil, separated himself from the study group of Al-Hasan al-Basri when he differed with Al-Imam Hasan al-Basri <coughs> on the point of the position of a person who commits sins. He held the belief that the fasiq, corrupt or immoral person is in a position or status between two positions, between Al-Iman and Kufr. He is not a believer, mu'min, nor is he a kafir, but he is in between them. The fasic person, corrupt, immoral person who commits sins, is between these two positions. They said, the Mu'tazila, their belief is that he is he is in a status or position between the position of Iman and between the position of Kufr, neither a believer nor a Kafir. And that he will be eternally punished in the hellfire. This is the belief of the Mu'tazila in reference to the person who commits sins, the corrupt immoral person. That he is neither believer nor disbeliever, but that he will be punished in the hellfire. As opposed to the Khawarij who said that the person who commits major, major sins is a Kafir. And he will be in the hellfire forever. They agree that the person, the Mu'tazila and the Khawarij, both agree that the person who commits major sins, they will be in the hellfire forever. But the Mu'tazila didn't call him a kafir in this world. But in the end, the result is the same. They said he will be in the hellfire forever. So there is no difference. They said he is between the two positions where the Khawarij said the person who commits major sins is a kafir. Uh, their madhab. Uh, in reference to the sifat, the characteristics of Allah is ta'atil, mu'attila. Just like the Jahmiyyah, the Jahmiyyah, the Mu'tazila also believe that uh, they believe in negating, denying the sifat of Allah. They do not affirm Allah's characteristics which He has affirmed for Himself in the Quran and which the Prophet ﷺ has confirmed for Him in the authentic Sunnah. So the Mu'tazila and the Jahmiyyah agree on this point of sifat. They are both mu'attila, or those who do ta'atil, or negation, or emptying the sifat of Allah from their meaning. In reference to the two other major issues, al-qadr al-qadr and iman, the mu'attila are the opposite of the jahmiyyah, in the next two issues. In reference to the qadr al-qadr, the, uh, the mu'attila, they are qadariya. They believe that the human being has absolute free will. The opposite of the Jahmiyyah. The Jahmiyyah or Jabariyyah. They said the human being does not have free will. He is forced to do whatever he does. Whereas the Mu'tazila say no. The human being has absolute free will. Whatever he does is his own doing. He's the creator of his own actions. And it's not subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the belief of the Qadariyyah. And the Mu'tazila hold this belief. The belief of Qadariyyah. They say that the actions of the human beings are not connected to the qada and the qadr of Allah uh, and that the human being is free to do whatever he wills. In reference to the one who commits a major sin, the belief of the Mu'tazila, as we said already, is that that person is 
subject to be punished in the hellfire eternally and that that person is neither a believer nor a disbeliever but between these two positions this is the opposite of the position of the Jahmiyyah the Jahmiyyah believe that actions don't affect one's Iman but the Mu'tazila said that the actions if a person commits sins it takes him out of Iman and he is no longer in the position of the Mu'min but he is in between Iman and Kufr so the Mu'tazila said actions affect your Iman whereas the Jahmiyyah they said actions are not part of Iman so it doesn't affect your Iman so in these two issues of the uh, sins of the person, the Mu'atazila uh, and the Jahmiyyah are on opposite ends. And in the issue of Qadr al-Qadha, divine decree, they are on opposite ends also. Then uh, the next group which was mentioned by, uh, or the next two groups that were mentioned by Imam al-Tahawi, besides the Mu'atazila and Jahmiyyah, are the Jabariyyah and Qadariyah. He mentioned Jabariyah and Qadariyah. Uh, as for the Qadariyah, the, the Qadariyah and the Jabariyah are opposite extremes. But the Shaykh mentions the definition of the Qadariyah in detail. So we will start with the Qadariyah. He says that they are those who deny the Qadr. That is that the actions of the human being are his own actions by his own will and his own independent will and ability independent of the will of Allah and independent of the power of Allah this is the opinion of the Qadariyah that the human being has independent will independent power to do whatever he wills not being subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these people and this opinion or this madhab first appeared from a man named Ma'bad al-Juhani in the end of the time of Sahaba yani during the last years of the era of Sahaba and he got this belief from a Magian or a man from amongst the Majus in Basra this idea was from the Majus because it was the idea of the Magians that they are two creators creator of good and creator of evil so the Qadariyah took this idea and said that Allah is the creator of the actions of the human being, good actions. But when they do evil, they are the creator of their own actions. The Qadariyah are two main groups, the extremists and those who are not extremists. The extremists amongst them are those who deny that Allah has knowledge of the actions of the human being before they do it. Allah has no knowledge of what the human beings will do before they do it. And also, they deny that Allah's will supersedes the will of the human being, or Allah's power supersedes the power of the human being. Yani the human being, his will is independent of Allah, and his power is independent of Allah's power. And also, in his khalq or creation, Yani those who hold this extreme belief that Allah doesn't have any knowledge of the actions of the human being before they do it nor does Allah have any power over their actions nor does Allah, Allah's will supersede the actions of the human being those are the extremists of the Qadariyah and they are almost non-existent as for those, those who are less than the extremists and, those, and they are the ones 
who are still present today and their madhab is existent amongst the Muslim ummah today they are those who believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about the actions of the human being but they deny that the actions of the human being are according to the will of Allah and the power of Allah and the creation of Allah يعني, they said that Allah has knowledge of the actions of the human beings but when the human being does these things it's not by the will of Allah because they said how can Allah will that the human being do evil actions but as we explained in our discussions of Qadr al Qadr we said that the will of Allah, the irada of Allah is of two types al-irada al-qawniya and al-irada al-shari'iyya certainly the evil actions of the human beings are not according to the irada shari'iyya the legal will of Allah the legal will of Allah means those things which Allah loves those things which Allah ordered us to do He doesn't order us to do evil but He prohibits us from doing evil so from this perspective we can say it is not according to the will of Allah meaning the irada shari'iyya, irada diniya the evil action of the human being is not according to the will of Allah his legislative or legal will but it is certainly according to al-irada al-kawniya the universal will of Allah to which everything is subject and we said as the scholars of Islam said that nothing happens except for the will of Allah that uh, whatever Allah wills will be and whatever Allah does not will will not be this means that this universal will of Allah that everything is subject to it includes what Allah loves and what Allah does not love we said that even the evil actions of the human being are subject to this will that Allah willed in his universal will such things to happen just as he willed and he created shaitan which is purely evil but Allah created shaitan for a reason for wisdom and there is some benefit from it that may be known to the human beings or may not be known and one of the benefits of it that's known is that shaitan was to be a test for the human being so that those who resist the call of shaitan would be rewarded by Allah with his paradise this is part of the wisdom of the creation of shaitan and so on it is so that whatever Allah has decreed in his universe will be even if we see it as being evil but there is a wisdom behind it and Allah doesn't will anything except that there is a benefit and good coming from it so uh, the Qadariya the extremists from amongst them denied Allah's knowledge even of the actions of the human being while the, those who are less than the extremists who are still present today agree that Allah has knowledge of the human being but that the actions of the human being are not subject to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Jabariya are the opposite of the Qadariya they said that the human being has no free will that the human being is majboor and he is just forced to do whatever they do when you come into this world everything is already written and you only act out what has been written without having any choice or any will in the matter and this is obvious foolishness it's clear that we are choosing to sleep or not to sleep to eat or not to sleep according to our desire and our will Allah gives us a will to choose to do what we want to do and he also gives us the ability to enact our will and therefore we are responsible for our actions otherwise according to the Jabariya if the human being is forced to do whatever they will and have no choice in the matter then how can Allah then hold them responsible and reward or punish them for something that they had no any role to play in it uh, also from all those groups that uh, Al-Imam Ibn Qudama in his book Lumat Al-Atiqad mentions and the Shaykh Al-Uthaymeen Hafizahullah mentions is the murji'ah the murji'ah we said uh, that this was a belief 
held by the Jahmiyyah. It is the belief that actions are, are not a part of Iman. That if a person has conviction in his heart, he is a perfect believer. Even if he doesn't do any good. Even if he commits sins, murder, whatever, doesn't matter. Actions are not part of Iman and it doesn't affect one's Iman. The Murji'ah, this is in reference to the belief, in reference to yani, the belief concerning Al-Iman. The Shaykh says, they are those who say that the actions of the human being are separated from their Iman. That actions are not part of Iman. That Iman is simply a conviction in the heart. And therefore the fasic, corrupt, criminal person with them is a complete and perfect believer. If he has belief in his heart, no matter what actions he does, it doesn't affect. No matter what sins he commits, it doesn't affect. No matter what acts of obedience which Allah has commanded us with, that he doesn't fulfill, it doesn't affect him. And this, as we said, this uh, idea of the murji'ah, this is the belief of the jahmiyyah. And it is uh, the opposite of the belief of the khawarij. The opposite of the belief of the khawarij. The khawarij, their belief is that the actions of the human being affect their iman. And in fact, if a person commits major sins, it takes them out of Islam and they become a kafir, destined to punishment in the hellfire forever. Concerning the khawarij, the Shaykh mentions briefly concerning them that they are those who rebelled against the legitimate rulers and they fought against Ali ibn Abi Talib due to the fact that he made arbitration between the two opposing parties of Sahaba. Due to the fact that he accepted arbitration. And they said this is unacceptable and they fought against him for that reason and they are named Khawarij because they go out and oppose and rebel against the legitimate rulers. Their madhab is that they are, they disassociate themselves from both Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu and Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu and they make rebellion against the Imam or the leader of the Muslims if according to their opinion he opposes the Sunnah. They said that Ali opposed the Sunnah in making arbitration between the opposing parties of the Sahaba in his time and therefore they said any Imam who opposes the Sunnah then we will rebel against him and we will fight against him. The Khawarij also are mostly well known for their uh, belief and their madhab of takfir of declaring the kufr of anyone who commits major sins. Whoever commits a major sin they declare that such a person to be a kafir and that that person is permanently and eternally to be punished in the hellfire. And the Khawarij also have many subgroups yani, who have different uh, ideas and different beliefs. But this, this is a summary of the main uh, position of the Khawarij. Then the Shaykh mentions the last two groups which he mentions uh, or two, two of the groups near the end of what he mentions which are not mentioned by Imam Kahawi, the Qaramiya and the Salima, uh, these, both of these groups are from the Mushabbaha, yani those who make Tashbih, who make comparison between the characteristics of Allah and the characteristics of His creatures. They make Tashbih. The people who make Tashbih are the opposite of the people who make Ta'atil. The Jahmiya and the Ma'atizila made Ta'atil. They negated the Sifat of Allah. These people, these two groups made Tashbih. 
instead of negating, they said that the characteristics of Allah, which Allah confirms in the Quran, that Allah has hands, they confirmed it. But they said His hands are like the hands of creatures. They said Allah has feet, His feet are like the feet of creatures. That Allah sees and His seeing is like His creatures. They made tashbih or comparison between the Creator and His creatures. The Karamiyyah, they are the followers of a man named Muhammad ibn Karam, who died in the year 255 of the Hijrah. And these people held the madhab of a tashbih or comparison and also they held the idea of al-irja' or the murji'ah in iman. They believed that actions are not a part of iman. And they also have many subgroups. The other group, the Salima, he said they are the followers of a man who was called Ibn Salim and they also hold the opinion of a tashbih or comparison uh, between the sifat of Allah and the sifat of the creatures. Concerning a tashbih, actually there's a somewhat lengthy discussion concerning it. I don't know if there's a time to mention it here. Maybe it's better that we discuss the last group which Al-Imam uh, Ibn Qudama mentions and this group falls under the uh, falls under the statement of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi in the end of his essay where he mentioned examples of those deviant groups and he said the Mushabbaha, the Mu'tazila, the Jahmiya, the Jabariya, the Qadariya وغيرهم, and others besides them yani, this was an indication that there are other groups which he didn't mention and from amongst them the most famous and the most popular and the most widespread group that deviated from the Sunnah and also they are the closest to the Ahl Sunnah. They are the closest to the Ahl Sunnah of all the deviant groups, that is the Ash'ariya. The Ash'ariya. And the Shaykh here mentions the Ash'ariya. Uh, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen mentions the Ash'ariya. Uh, as the last group from amongst those, he said, those which were mentioned by Imam ibn Qudama, they, these are some of the deviant groups. And he also said, and others which are similar to them, as Al-Imam Tahawi says, and others besides them. Meaning that there are many other groups, and from amongst them are the Ash'ariyah. They are the followers of Abu Hassan, Ali ibn Ismail al-Ash'ari, who was a descendant of the companion of the Prophet, Musa al-Ash'ari. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, radiallahu anhu. This man, al-Hassan ibn Ismail, Abu Hassan ibn, ibn uh, Ali ibn Ismail al-Ash'ari he was in the beginning of his life inclined towards and following the madhab of I'tizal or the Mu'tazila he was following the beliefs of the Mu'tazila who, who negated the sifat of Allah uh, amongst their beliefs also was the belief in Qadariya yani that the human being has absolute free will and so on. That was his madhab in the beginning. When he reached the age of 40, he announced publicly his repentance and separation from that belief and that group. And he began to explain and clarify the falsehood of the madhab of the Mu'tazila and he then held on to the madhab of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah and wrote a book to that effect in which he clarified the beliefs that he died on, which are actually the beliefs of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. 
Uh, as for those who are known as Al-Ashariya today, they are those who accepted his previous madhab before he came over to the madhab of Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah. Uh, and that madhab was the ideas that he held when he was in between the madhab of the Ma'tazila and before he fully grasped the madhab of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And amongst the uh, beliefs of the Ash'ariya is that they do not confirm the sifat, the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They do not confirm the majority of them except seven. They confirm the names of Allah, the asma of Allah, while not confirming the sifat of Allah. They confirm seven of them and the rest they make ta'wil or re-explanation, interpretation by their own intellect. They reinterpret them according to their own intellect. These seven that they confirm, they claim that these may be confirmed by the intellect. Yani that if anyone use their intellect, they will be able to confirm these characteristics, therefore they accept them. Those which their intellect, as they claim, cannot confirm, then they do not confirm them, but they re-explain them in their own way. And these seven sifat or characteristics which they explain are mentioned in this line of poetry, Hayyun, Alimun, Qadirun, والكلام له إرادة وكذلك السمع والبصر يعني حي that Allah has the characteristic of living life Allah is living عليم that he has knowledge قدير that he has power والكلام له and he speaks إرادة that he has will وكذلك السمع والبصر and he and hearing uh, and sight. Yani they confirm these characters for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of life, of knowledge, of power, of speech, of will, of hearing, and of sight. They confirm seven of the sifat that Allah has confirmed Himself in the Quran, or that which is confirmed by the Prophet in the Sunnah, and they reinterpret everything else. For example, they said that hand, it doesn't mean that Allah has a hand, but it means that Allah has power. They said that the descending of Allah to the Sama'at dunya, to the heaven that is above the earth, the lowest heaven, they said it means the descending of Allah's mercy or the descending of Allah's command, but that Allah Himself doesn't descend. While the Prophet ﷺ, in clear words, an authentic hadith, confirmed that Allah descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night and whoever and says, Whoever asks me, then I will answer, and whoever kind of requests from me, I will give, and so on. Whoever seeks forgiveness from me, then I will forgive them. Uh, then the Shaykh closes by saying they have many other in- innovations, particularly their interpretation of Al-Kalam and Al-Qadr and other things besides that. And they are very, very well known for the issue of Al-Kalam or speech, which we discussed in detail in the explanation of Usul Sunnah, uh, that the Ash'ariya. Um, explain away the speech of Allah while Allah has confirmed in the Quran and it is confirmed in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah's speech and then
just quickly before we close uh, perhaps it may be useful for those who are not in a hurry I do have with me a uh, handout that was originally given out during the discussion of Usul Sunnah by Imam Ahmed Rahimahullah and in this handout we mentioned the names by which the people of Sunnah are known Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah Ashab Al Hadith Salaf Al Salih and then the second part of this handout which is relevant to what we're talking about today there are some definitions or some brief introduction to a number of those groups which we mentioned tonight Al-Rafida, Al-Khawarij, Al-Jahmiya, Al-Mu'tazila, Al-Qadariya, Al-Jabariya, Al-Murja, Al-Ash'ariya or Al-Sha'ira Ahl-Kalam and Ahl-Bid'a So perhaps inshallah those who are not in a hurry uh, after Salat, immediately after Salat we can copy this for those who are here and give them out and inshallah I will still try to prepare another handout concerning this matter in which I'll try to rearrange the groups in a way that will be a little more easier to follow than the way they were given out at this time and inshallah يعني, it's not a necessity to be able to define each of these groups or to know the beliefs of each of them but our intention tonight is only to introduce to introduce these groups uh, those which we are somewhat familiar with because we discussed them during the course of the book and those which we may not be familiar with just so that we have an idea that what, what these groups are, who they are and some idea about their beliefs even if we, don't, if we are not able to identify uh, the beliefs of each group the important thing is to know what those deviant beliefs are and to know that those are deviations even if we can't identify them to the name of the group it's not important but what's important is to know what the deviant beliefs are so that we don't fall into them and that we can warn others from them so inshallah uh, I'll copy this and uh, give a copy to uh, the brothers who are here tonight and the sisters uh, Naam there's a question okay from the sisters there's a question Assalamu alaikum if a person believes in one God but the message of Islam has not yet reached him is he a Muslim? if a person believes that there is only one creator of the heavens and the earth and they worship him alone and don't worship anything along with him and they worship Allah according to the knowledge that they have to the best of their ability uh, because Islam has not reached them the message of the Prophet Muhammad didn't reach them the Quran has not reached them uh, then that person would be classified as the Prophet mentioned in the authentic hadith that's reported in Sahih Muslim that they are from the Ahl Fitra we say that that person is from Ahl Fitra this means that as he explained Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in that hadith that they would be people on Yawm Qiyamah whether they are in this time or in any previous time between the uh, sending of different prophets when the message of one prophet had been lost and the, another prophet had not yet come the people who lived in those times as well as the people who live in this time who Islam didn't reach them if they are such people that Islam has not reached them in the world today then they will be classified in the Ahl Fitra and that means that on Yawm Qiyamah Allah will test them Allah will come before them and he will ask them am I not your Lord and they will say yes you are our Lord and after confirming after confirming that they recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as their Lord and Creator 
then he would order them to enter the fire. Yani he would uh, have a fire that he would order the people to enter as a test for them to see if they would obey him. Since Islam and the message of the prophets didn't reach them, there was no chance for them to be tested as we have been tested when Islam came to us. Did we obey the Prophet Did we obey what Allah ordered us in the Quran or not? When that message came to us, we are tested. If we obey it, inshallah Allah will reward us. If we, if we have done it sincerely for him, we will be rewarded with the paradise of Allah. And if we disobey and reject the truth and the message that came to us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the prophets, then we'll be punished. So also they will be tested. But their test will come in the next life, on Yawm Qiyamah, because the message didn't reach them in their lifetime. So Allah will order them to enter the fire, and those who obey him and enter the fire will have passed the test. And they will find themselves in paradise. And that which appeared to be a fire was really the garden, the paradise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever obeys him and enters that fire will find themselves in paradise. And those who disobey him, they will be thrown in the hellfire. And this is the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he gave them a chance. If the message didn't reach them in their life, he will give them a chance in the next life. They will be tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. If they obeyed him, then they would enter the paradise. And if they disobeyed him, they would be punished in the hellfire. And this is more than justice. Because whoever disobeyed Allah, for sure, if a prophet came to them, they wouldn't have obeyed him. If they know that this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing in front of them and they disobey him, then how would they obey a prophet? Who is only sent with the orders of Allah. Yani indirectly is carrying the orders of Allah. But here is Allah ordering them himself. So whoever obeys him, they will pass the test. And whoever disobeys him, then they will fail. But as for saying that they are Muslims, everyone who obeys Allah and is in submission to Allah is a Muslim. The meaning of Islam, it is submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That a person willingly submits themselves to Allah. So if a person is in willing submission to Allah, we say that they are Muslim. In general, in the general sense of the word, not in the Sharia sense. And in that sense, uh, even the animals and creatures, they are Muslims. They are in submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the technical Sharia sense of Islam, it means that a person should testify. They should testify. They should say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. This is the technical Sharia manner of entering Islam. But if a person didn't uh, hear the message of Islam and they believed that there was only one God and they were on their fitrah, on their nature, worshipping Allah alone and not anything else besides Him according to whatever knowledge they had, then that person, inshallah, would be tested by Allah on Yom Qiyamah. They would be tested by Allah. And if they obey Him, they would be rewarded with paradise. And inshallah, they would obey Him. If they are of the people who are really in submission to Allah in this life, but only because the knowledge didn't come to them, then for sure in the next life they would obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any uh, questions or comments or corrections from the brothers before we close? Naam, Fadhil. No, I thought you were asking a question. Uh, I just want to uh, just read here, just quickly, one statement concerning Tashbih, the extremists of those who made Tashbih. And I just want to say this as a reminder and a warning to us that there are those who say, Whoever makes isbat, confirmation of the names of Allah and the sifat of Allah as found in the Quran and in the Sunnah, they said those people who confirm these sifat, that Allah has hands, Allah has feet, that Allah descends and ascends, they said these are the actions of creatures, of human beings. And they reject it. And they said if you confirm it, then you are of the mushabbaha. You are of the people who make tashbih. You are comparing Allah to his creatures. Because creatures ascend and descend and have hands and feet and face and so on. 
So these people called the Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah who really follow the correct way Mushabbaha. And they also call them Mu'attala. They call them denying because they, uh, because the Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah deny the comparison between Allah. We affirm his sifat but without comparing them. So if we deny the comparison, they say we Mu'attala, we negate. And if we affirm his sifat, they say that we Mushabbaha, comparison. So whichever way we go, they attack us. But really we take the middle course without negating and without comparison. And Imam Ahmed said concerning this, لا نزول أو لا نزيل عن الله سبحانه وتعالى صفة من صفاته لأجل شناعة المشنعين يعني that we will not remove or negate or neglect any characteristic of the characteristics of Allah simply because of those people who lie against us and make false claims or allegations against us. And he also said, Rahimahullah, that is Imam Ahmed, At-Tashbih and Taqula Yad Kayadi. Yani Tashbih is not when a person affirms that Allah has a hand, but when they say that Allah's hand is like my hand. This is Tashbih, which we don't do. We say that Allah has a hand, but we say his hand is not like the hand of his creatures. And Ishaq ibn Rahuway, the Shaykh of Al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, says, At-Tashbih is when a person says that the hand is like my hand, or the hearing of Allah is like my hearing. This is At-Tashbih, or comparison. As for the person who says, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that he has a hand, and we confirm such, and that he has hearing and that he has seeing, without saying how is it, without explaining the how of it, not making an example for it or comparison, then this is not tashbih. This is isbat or confirmation of what Allah has confirmed for Himself without making tashbih and without making an example and without explaining the how of it. And this is what is confirmed in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that there is nothing like Him. There is no comparison or likeness, while at the same time we confirm, that He is hearing, that He is hearing and He is and finally, Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah says about the Jahmiyyah and Mu'atazila that they are amongst them the extremists who even accuse and attack the prophets of being mushabbaha, of making tashbih. Yani the prophets who confirmed what Allah has confirmed for himself, they said these are mushabbaha. As they said against the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, and he said that from amongst them was a man named Thumama ibn al Ashra' who was one of the leaders of the Jahmiyyah. And it is confirmed that he said Thalafatun min al-anbiya mushabbaha That there are three of the prophets who were mushabbaha Who made tashbih And from amongst them he said is Musa When he said alayhi salam Inna hiya illa fitnatuka In Surah Al-A'raf chapter 156 And the saying of Isa When he said Ta'lamu ma fi nafsi Wa la a'lamu ma fi nafsik When he referred to Allah as having a nafs Mafi Nafsik in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 116. And the saying of Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he said, Yanzil Rabbuna, that Allah descends. These things, they said, uh, that this is a form of tashbih. That the prophets, in making such statements, have compared Allah to his creatures. In describing him with actions or characteristics that the creatures have also been described with. And we say that we affirm for Allah whatever He has affirmed for Himself. 
and whatever the Prophet ﷺ has affirmed for him, and we negate from Allah whatever he has negated from himself, and whatever the Prophet ﷺ has negated from him, and we also affirm for Allah any characteristic of perfection, if it is indeed a characteristic of perfection, and we negate from Allah any characteristic of imperfection, because Allah doesn't have any characteristic of imperfection, and this affirmation of the characteristics and names of Allah is without tashbih, comparison, and without ta'atil, negation, and without ta'awil, false explanations or reinterpretations, and without taqif, or explaining how, how does Allah ascend, how does Allah descend, how are Allah's hands, but without doing so. This is the uh, manhaj or the methodology of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, and this is what the scholars of the Sunnah have explained in their books of Aqeedah, and insha'Allah in the near future, uh, in the next course that we will take an Aqeedah, uh, perhaps insha'Allah ta'ala, we will discuss these matters related to the Asma and Sifat in detail uh, from the book of Al-Imam Ibn Qadama, Lumat Al-Atiqad, which has been explained in a brief sharh by Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Al-Uthaymeen, Hafidahullah. We hope, inshallah, in the near future that we will begin that book. Uh, now, um, let us just be reminded that uh, this is the end of our course in Aqeedah, Tahawiyah. And whatever notes are missing from anyone, whatever handouts are missing, or anything that's missing, please, uh, in this period of time, in the next month or so, please try to uh, remind us so we can collect those things. In the next few weeks, insha'Allah, we will concentrate on uh, the uh, fiqh. Uh, we will concentrate on the fiqh um, so that we will review. We will b- begin our review in the next fiqh class. We will begin our review of the hadith which we took from Kitab al-Salat, mainly focusing on the ikhtilafat or the differences of opinion. Uh, we will discuss them in detail and maybe just quickly pass through the ahkam or the rulings from each hadith. And alhamdulillah, uh, those ahkam have been prepared for us by the effort, jazahallahu khair, of one of our sisters, Um Ismail, who has uh, prepared those notes of the ahkam from all of the hadith that we took. And those will be copied and inshallah uh, distributed on Tuesday in our fiqh class, fiqh al-hadith. And we will be, you can use those as a reference for the examination and we will discuss in detail the ikhtilafat which I will prepare bi-idhnillah ta'ala. Uh, perhaps the review will take two or three weeks. Hopefully we will finish it before Ramadan and take the exam before Ramadan bi-idhnillah ta'ala. Then after Ramadan, uh, you have the whole of Ramadan to review Aqeelu Tahawiyah and after Ramadan we will take the exam uh, maybe yani, two weeks after Ramadan. So we have at least a brief review and a chance to ask questions. Then we will take the exam for Aqeelu Tahawiyah. Uh, then we'll have, inshallah, a brief break. We may discuss any issues that we want before we start on the... and before we go on, inshallah. Any questions before we leave? Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Inna al-lazina amanu 